Welcome to Gay Peace Journeys Podcast. My name's Brian. And I'm Paul. And we'll get going in three, two, one. So we've talked before on healthy stress management methods and things that we do and that we, you know, try to do to facilitate feeling better in stressful scenarios. So today we're going to talk a little bit more about some of those trigger points and how those have come about in our lives and how they've reared their heads and they were issues for us and just kind of like getting those, you know, positioned there so that you can see that this is stuff that we've dealt with and maybe you can relate maybe it seems a little eccentric to you but, but we, we just want wanted... you to know that you're not alone absolutely people out there having the same kind of stressful situations as you are so in dealing with stress i guess the first thing we want to talk about is family dynamics right so it can always be a little challenging for us and stressful when we're around our family especially if they're not supportive of us in being gay and I know for me that took a long time before there was a comfortability with my family and there was always that you know elephant in the room and do we bring it up do we switch pronouns do we you know do we talk about the things that matter to us because they're going to be things that are inflammatory to them and how do we navigate that so I mean family is definitely a trigger what do you think Brian? Absolutely. Yeah, it's uh, definitely something no one can pull your trigger like somebody that knew you growing up. Right. I mean, when talking about people that push your buttons, we're basically talking about the people that installed them here and no one can set you off like like my sister can just throw a look at me or just a simple way that she answers a question that no one else in the room would think was inflammatory. But to me, I know what she means. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I know what she means to say, you know, and I love her to death. And if I didn't, it wouldn't matter. Right. But there's it's not that it's a bad thing. It's just that there's that propensity for things to go out of bounds really quickly. And you're constantly weighing. Is it worth it to me to push this at this time? Or, you know, where is it going to be on the emotional relationship between me and them, there's just a lot of juggling there. Yeah, there are some people that just know how to push your buttons, right? Absolutely. So anxiety is not something I suffer with that much these days since, you know, and we've talked before about I'm in recovery, but prior to recovery, I had a lot of anxiety about just being out in public. When you're in mixed company and you don't know what things to navigate, it can be a little tricky. And I totally understand that. It's just like yesterday, we went to this spiritualist convention, and by all means, everyone there was spiritual, but there was still um, a disconnect between the gay community and and the, the spiritualist. Sure, and there weren't anyone that was identifiably gay at the entire event, and there was no one that was kind of bridging that connection that made you feel like it was okay to be there if you were. Now, for me, that's that is a sore spot because I had religion, which gave me a lot of spirituality in my youth. And I was kind of robbed of that. And so I am very sensitive to being in an environment, a spiritual environment, especially where I don't feel supported because I always have that fear that I am going to be, you know, somebody's going to be prejudiced towards me or sure. their beliefs are going to conflict with mine and take my spirituality and just trample all over it. So don't be surprised if 2023, there's not a booth there for gay peace because we might be the ones bridging that connection. 
So maybe that's what our charge is, and maybe that's what Spirit was trying to tell us yesterday. So I think that's kind of an important aspect there. So I know that those social gatherings can be a bit harried, and I know that even for me, going to a bar can be a lot because I I tend to be tuned in without realizing it to what people are feeling and how they're thinking and trying to navigate that. And when I go into a bar, there's a lot of really crazy energy. And even yesterday in the spiritualist convention, I had put up my shield before I went, you know, my, my psychic shield, like I'm only allowing things of love to come through this, but there was a lot of really confusing energy there. There was a lot of people there with a lot of energetic items and they were pushing them, but they didn't really understand the consequence of that. And there was a lot of people there that were mediums reaching out at you and I didn't necessarily want their energy, <laughs> and it was a, just a lot. I felt very exhausted in the short amount of time that we were there. Yeah, I don't know how anyone can stay there all day. It was draining. So another aspect of stress for me would definitely be work. Oh, yeah. And I know that you've dealt a lot with that. Yeah, I've literally quit jobs before because it was too stressful for me or what I perceived as too stressful because I didn't want to feel that way all day long at my work environment and then some jobs you take home with you and you worry about overnight you know and it never seems to go away and it was hard for me to shed that stressful feeling from work so I, I was just a happier person not having that job anymore yeah I've had the similar scenarios I had a job one time where we had to make phone solicitations and I really didn't believe in the product but the thing that really was killing me was there was someone walking around behind you basically eavesdropping in on your phone calls and telling you you can't hang up even if the people are cussing you out you know and it just wasn't something that I could get behind and it was so much stress I started getting migraines and I'd never had migraines before and I started losing my vision and I couldn't see like for a good 15-20 minutes it was just auras that I was seeing like I have friends that have uh, epilepsy that talk about having these auras, and it was very similar to that, and it was very frightening, and I basically, the third day that I got a, a migraine at work, I basically just went to my manager and said, look, I physically cannot do this job anymore, and then when I moved to Orlando, the first job I took here, and I'm not going to say the name of the company, but they watched you so strictly, like they were timing your breaks, and you know, and I do a good job and I put myself into my job and I'm very proud of what I do. But the stress level was so intense that I just felt like there was no way to win or that I would never feel good in that environment. And I basically put in my notice and told them that, you know, this just wasn't for me. And I appreciated the opportunity, but, you know, I'm going to need to move on. And I'm really glad I did because the world, the road just kind of opened up in front of me. Yeah, sometimes it pays to take those chances and make that jump. I, I, I'm lucky right now I'm in a job where I can move around quite a bit, but there is a lot of burnout in working conditions. For me, uh, if I'm in a job for too long, I do get burned out, and it's hard for me to go in with a positive attitude and keep things light and happy. So I often tend to move jobs around a lot. and Like I said, I'm lucky to be in a place where I can do that now. Right, you can switch positions a lot in your current job without having to switch employee employers, so that's kind of nice. I ran into a scenario, <clears throat> excuse me, a few years back where I, without realizing I had this, uh, how do I say this, 
I had this defective character where I needed to be the one that would help people, right? And it's kind of a natural thing for me to want to do that, but I was kind of the answer guy, and I was going around and I would fix things for people, and I would, if they had an issue, they could call me, but it wasn't people that needed to, it was, they weren't calling support, they were calling me to help them with their work, and it got to a point where I was just totally inundated with everyone else wanting me to help them and assist them so that they could get their job done, and I wasn't able to really focus on mine, and it was draining, and what I had to realize was I had set myself up. It was an ego thing for me that I had taught people how to teach. I had taught people how to treat me and they were treating me that way. And mm -hmm. I didn't like it. And my, you know, that fight or flight thing was, you know, I need to quit and go somewhere else, but I actually stuck it out and I corrected the issue. Otherwise I really firmly believe I would have went somewhere else and created the same drama at another place. But that definitely caused a lot of burnout for me. And did you take that home with you and that feeling of despair? Did you? Oh, definitely. When you feel it like. It affects your whole life, right? Absolutely. When you're in a job where you feel like you're not completing things and you're not getting that self of a, that sense of accomplishment, then I absolutely believe that, you know, it pulls, we had talked before about different selves. It pulls from your other selves, you know, and you wind up feeling drained physically because you're, you know, you're emotionally or mentally drained. It's pulling from the other areas of your life and mm -hmm. it's causing deficit there. So you get this total work-life balance thing going over to one side. And I think that's kind of our next area of discussion. Yeah, here if you can't let go of it, it's going to affect your entire life. Right. It's going to be hard to find time to relax, to let it go and to escape that. And it is, stress. you know, the work-life balance thing is a huge area of stress that, you know, we need to focus on. A lot of times we spend so much energy worrying about work that we don't really take time to live. And if, if you're not, if you don't have a job that is supporting the way you want to live, then you're not basically in this groove. And if you're work, work, work all the time and you can't enjoy the fruits of that, then why are you working in the first place? And I'm not saying that everyone needs to run out and quit their job, but what I'm saying is we need to plan so that we can recoup and we can, you know, flourish when we're not working so that we get that kind of balance between the two that one supports the other. What's that saying that you work to live, not live to work? Exactly. I think that's really important when it comes to that aspect. I think that the next thing that causes a lot of stress for me personally is expectations. And it could be my expectations of myself, like in being perfect and making sure everything is completely perfect and set up correctly and I have a lot of issues with that, especially when we have company come in. I know that we, you know, I stress because I want the house to be beautiful and I want, you know, the everything we're serving to be awesome and I want everything to be spotless. And there's just too many unknown variables. I mean, with jewels and stuff like that, there's going to be little chewed up stuff that's going to happen within minutes, you know, of someone walking in the door. There's just no way to control that. But I think that that's very important. And what about expectations of others? Well, I mean, again, we teach people how to treat us, right? So we set expectations for other people. And a lot of times when someone would have expectations of me, I, I have in the past owned that and tried to live up to everyone else's expectations. But at some point in growth and in maturity, we realize that we don't have to own other people's expectations. We need to do our best to set them for other people, 
but I don't have to over-obligate. I mean, that's one thing that basically was a character defect of mine that I continuously stepped into these big potholes with, right? Was I would tell, someone would ask me, hey, can you help me move on Saturday? Sure, but I didn't check my calendar, and then I would wind mm -hmm. up, you know, over. Well, you know, that stresses me out, the whole time management thing. And being married to you, uh, sometimes that comes up. We've had several different days or weekends or any holidays where you just take on so many things, so many obligations. You have five things booked for the same exact time. And to me, that's a stressful thing. I will only obligate to a couple things so that I can make sure I pull them off. But we're always trying to uh, catch up and, you know, make things happen while other people are waiting in the wings to, you know, come in and Oh, absolutely. And as far as that goes, you know, I have, I owned a pickup truck. It was very difficult for me to tell people no that I wouldn't help them move. So I just don't own a pickup truck anymore. <laughs> I mean, that was the easiest way for me to resolve that one. Although I did enjoy having a pickup truck, and it would have been great if I would have had the ability to learn that tool at that time. I think now I could probably do that just fine and say, I'm sorry, but I can't. So time management is something that causes a lot of stress for us. Time management is a huge thing, right? And Well, we are Pisces, so it's wishy and washy. It and is. like, But at the same time, I don't like waiting on other people. Like when I have free time, and I've scheduled an appointment for a dentist or for a doctor or for the bank. And I go down there and they make me sit there for an hour, hour and a half, you know, whatever it is. And I know that with COVID, we've had to give people some breaks in that. But at the same time, they're taking my time that I'm, you know, this is my time. This isn't time I'm getting paid for. They're getting paid, but I'm not. And, you know, if I scheduled an appointment and I did my due diligence in doing that correctly, that's not acceptable to me, and it can really make me very stressed out. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's very important for me to make sure that I do my part in that. But at the same time, I don't have to accept unacceptable behavior. And I've switched doctors, and I've switched a lot of people. You know, I've, I won't say that I'm totally intolerant. I get it that there's times when it's important. But at the same time, like, I don't need to wait and, for someone and pay them for the privilege of waiting on them. That's not something that I feel is something I need to do all the time. So speaking of time management, we should probably move on. <laughs> well, I've got one more thing to say in time management, and that is, you know, I do try to be on time for things as well and respect that. And that's why the other thing bothers me. And it bothers me, you know, in balance with the fact that I do that too, and I know that there's times when I can't. The other thing is, I try not to get behind the eight ball and be completely rushed. If I am, that can stress me. And, you know, as far as time management goes, being late for an appointment is very mm -hmm. stressful, especially if it's work-related, those type things. So what I try to do, and, and this is kind of weird-sounding, but sometimes when I'm late, I need to stop and take, like, two minutes just to recenter, reground, and get my head together because if I'm not – then I can carry that drama of being late forward into that and make it even worse. Yeah, it might it might take a couple minutes to get yourself in order, but it's better than showing up and being completely stressed and have all that anxiety around you and bring your interaction with those people you're meeting down a bunch of notches because you're not in a good frame of mind. And I, I think I get that's that. what I've learned from the time management aspect is that even though I may be a few minutes out of bounds, it's still worth it to me to be in check 
if I'm going to be that way. Or if it's happened already, there's nothing I can do to change it. I might as well at least be calm. And not having to like be an idiot in traffic too. You know, they've proven that you can try and drive 60 in a 35, but you're really only going to get there two to three minutes faster than you would if you just obeyed the traffic itself, you know. Mm-hmm. And that brings us right into traffic. <laughs> traffic is horrible. I mean, it's horrible here sometimes, especially, you know, certain times of day. We live on the same street as a school, and people are constantly picking up their kids. Four o'clock, you cannot get out of our, our place to live. It just doesn't happen. There's um, a lot of traffic in Orlando, and if we're trying to go somewhere around traffic time, it can be quite miserable, and if you don't you know, plan for that, it can be bad. And what else stresses you out, Paul? <sighs> jury duty. I had jury duty a, about a month and a half ago, and it, it really did stress me out, but the things that I did to kind of alleviate that was I did some research. I made sure I understood exactly where the parking garage was, what the walking distance was for that. I compensated for the traffic that I knew was going to be happening that time of day. And then I just made sure that, you know, my work expectations were set correctly for that. So that that helped me a lot with that. Have you had to deal with that, Brian? With jury duty? Yeah. Yeah. Was that stressful to you? Uh, It was, but I got out of work, so that was nice. (laughs) (laughs) I, I haven't been called for any trials or anything like that i almost was but you know it, it didn't happen last minute so i kind of lucked out knock on wood hopefully you know this doesn't put a hex on that and make it happen <laughs> <laughs> yeah i got lucky the last time they called me in and i actually got picked for the jury and then walked in walked a guy that was part of the um defendant team and he was a friend of mine and he was in the audiovisual presentation part of their team and I kind of waved at him a little bit, and then when they dismissed us in the back to set things up, he brought it up to the judge, and they dismissed me. And since I had already been picked, I'm not going to be back in the hat for a couple years. So that was really good news. That was really good. I was very happy about that. Well, a lot of things stress me out, even the weather. Yes, you do get stressed about the weather. I do, because you you never know whether you should take a raincoat or an umbrella, or, or if you don't need that, or if, you know... You just don't know what the weather's going to be like in Florida. And we do get some really intense thunderstorms here. And it's very interesting because I really enjoy them and I like to, I can sleep really well with them and I I can just zone. But Brian does not do well with that. Um, Even like the the sleep sounds of the thunderstorms, you know. I I never understood how somebody can listen to a thunderstorm in order (laughs) to sleep well. I I just find that, uh, you know, I'm going to have dreams about a storm if I do that. He just lays awake or he just wakes up with really bad dreams. So I go with the white noise sleep sounds, something that will just kind of wipe my thoughts and put a clean slate in my mind. So I know that. Another thing that really stresses you out, baby, is the news. Yeah, I, I had to stop listening to the news so much. Uh, I, I came up with a lot of thoughts about the news and how we listen to it. I think most people these days are only listening to the news to verify what they already believe. I think so, too. It's it's not... I don't think we hear as much news anymore as we do editorials, you know? And yeah. But there's no thing that says... This is an editorial. Please, no, this is only someone's opinion. This is not the actual news. Nobody's going to, you know, listen to news that they don't believe already. So what's the point in having the news all the time? Clear 
you know, unbiased news is hard to come by these days. So, you know, I, I, I still want to know what's going on in current affairs and political things, especially as they relate to LGBTQ issues. But I, I don't, you know, stress over it and focus on it and keep it in my, my thought process all day long like I used to. So, Well, one of the things that when we got together was a huge stressor for me was the holidays. And, you know, it's very interesting because when you think about holidays, you know, when you're a kid and you, you just can't wait for the holidays to get here and it's such an exciting time and all that kind of stuff. But as an adult, it, it's not, it did not wind up that way for me. I had a lot of PTSD issues uh, when me and Brian got together. I, my mother was um, hospitalized after my brother died, and she was diagnosed as severe bi uh, bipolar. And every time we would have a holiday roll around, she would get sick, and it would be like it it's like it always exploded on the holidays and i'm not saying that's everyone's story but that was definitely ours and every holiday was just difficult to get through it was just you just expected the house to cave in you know yeah, the holidays are a stressful time for a lot of people uh, particularly gay people i think because you know it, it's a family and a lot of times we have severed relationships with a lot of our family yeah and the thing with us is we live, you know, in Florida and Brian's from Pennsylvania and I'm from Alabama. So, you know, our, our parents, uh, Brian's mother lives back in Erie and my family still lives back in you know, Spanish Ford, Alabama, which is right there outside of Mobile. So we didn't, we don't get to spend the holidays with our family like we did when we were growing up. So that's kind of a big deal too. Well, a lot of my family's here, and we do spend time with them, and that's always nice. A lot of them have moved down here, which is really great for you. And th But the other thing is what we've done to resolve a lot of this was we created our own traditions. You know, we don't have to have things the way they were when I was growing up and the way they kind of, you know, collapsed in on themselves. or We just rewrote them, and that was kind of something that was necessary for us. And what we tend to do is open up our home to our friends in the gay community that don't have anywhere to go and we invite them over and we kind of for christmas we do like an all-day pj party and we just serve appetizers all day long and watch movies. watch movies and that's kind of the thing we turn the ac down real cold so it's like christmasy <laughs> and everybody gets in their pjs so it's it's an interesting kind of thing but it's our new tradition and it was kind of inspired by brian's nephew and and niece and you know we're grateful to them and we do get some time with family prior to Christmas, but we try to spend that together, but it's been difficult because Brian's job doesn't always allow him to be off on the holidays. That's true. So um, relationships can be really stressful. Like um, mine and Brian's relationship used to be a lot more stressful than it is now, but we've been able to balance our, our time together a little better. And actually, I think doing the podcast has helped us out a lot because we definitely get to sit down on the weekends together during our off time. Mm -hmm. instead of just, you know, kind of checking in and the best we can in the evenings when we finally, you know, are going to bed, like, how was your day? <laughs> it's good to see you. <laughs> but uh, I, I know that a lot of people have a lot of stress, re, you know, regard in regards to their relationships, and I think a lot of that does go back to, you know, the way we set expectations with each other and how we meet that and how do we keep 
energy in the relationship, you know, whenever we're being pulled in a hundred different directions with work and with, you know, obligations with friends and with family and those type things. And it's, it's difficult. Those are things that, you know, I recommend finding a commonality between you and your partner and having some, you know, set times that you do certain things that you know that this is the deal. And we spend our, our Saturday and Sundays doing that. Okay, so another big stressor that we generally run into is travel, right? I mean, it's always important for us to, to you never know what might happen whenever you go somewhere. I mean, we went to San Francisco one time, we saved up, we, we had to take these flights from, you know, one end of the country to the other, we get there, and as soon as we get there and check in, I started running fever, and I was just in bed sick the entire weekend, and it was a bummer, but it's not something you can really, you know, look for, you know, look at in advance, and will there be the kind of food that we need to eat, and, you know, what what's going to work for us, and that type of thing. Well, we got through the weekend, it was... It wasn't as we had planned, but we got through it. Yeah. Brian brought me different stuff, like, to help me feel better, and I really appreciated that. So how do we deal with social media and stress? Well, I just avoid it, mostly. <laughs> <laughs> and we appreciate you tuning into our podcast, but I don't really uh, go on Facebook very often. I yeah, mean, we, uh, we got a little bit worn down by all the negativity, and we don't follow people that are going to bring us down. We invest in the people that are going to uh, feed us positive enforcement and positive messages and we kind of just don't follow the others you know I, I think that was a necessity for us because too much of that negativity can really bring you down so that's how we deal with social media okay so deadlines are something that always seem to drag us down how do you manage your stress in regards to deadlines? I honestly try to avoid deadlines altogether well, that's that's a great thing to do if you can. What kind of deadlines stress you out? I have a lot of work deadlines, and they're very important. I uh, I do business continuity for a living, so there are recoveries that have to be done, and they have to be done by a certain date, and there are certain types of recoveries, and then I have to do plan reviews for all these different people and these different owners, which are basically executives at my company, and it's very tricky and difficult to make sure that everything is scheduled and in place and you know set in stone and there's just a lot of deadlines there but the thing is to make sure that for me in reducing the stress there that I'm prepared for my meetings reduces a lot of stress making sure that I have enough time in between my appointments so that I can reset and be prepared to actually host the meeting those things are are very key making sure that I'm familiar with the media that I'm going to be presenting, that I've reviewed it myself prior to the event and that my software is running. I try to connect to a meeting probably 10 to 15 minutes early just to make sure that all of my PC functions are working correctly. I might have to reboot or something. I just try to knock as much of that stuff out as possible. That way it reduces that harried feeling when you get in the middle of it. Staying organized, right? I'm not really great at that word, but, you know, I do attempt at it. So we're just going to leave it at that. But I do attempt to organize, and I think a lot of that is being a Pisces as well. <laughs> just going to blame it on that. So there we go. So another stress I know that we've dealt with in the past is actual physical pain. Yeah. Unfortunately, that, that has happened. I uh, As we talked about before, I 
have had diverticulitis and had to have a resection in regards to that. I have an autoimmune disease called psoriatic arthritis, which attacks your tendons on the inside, kind of like psoriasis attacks your skin on the outside. And what it winds up doing is it looks like an extremely damaged tendon. And when you go to the doctor, if it's not diagnosed, they tend to think that, you know, they'll send you to physical therapy, which just aggravates the scenario. And then they wind up doing surgery. So I kept having surgery after surgery after surgery. And about after my sixth surgery, I finally was diagnosed with, you know, my condition. But there's been a lot of pain in regards to that. I also had spinal stenosis, which caused um, basically my spinal cord was filling in uh, my spine was filling in around my spinal cord and caused a lot of uh, pain down my legs, which was pretty intense. And the last year, I wasn't really able to stand up more than about 10 minutes. And I wound up having to have surgery in regards to that. So pain can feel crushing and isolating and it can feel never ending and it can make it feel like your life is not ever going to get any better. And yeah. it, it, there's a lot of stress in regards to that, just feeling like you're not really functional, that you're not um, as good as, and that you don't, I mean, that you start accepting the fact that you're less than, and it's very difficult. And anyone that's going through pain, I feel you, I've been there, you know, don't give up hope. Medicine has changed a lot in the last 20, 30 years in the last century and there's a lot of things if if you're not getting the relief you need maybe you need a different doctor and i can't let this go without saying that the caretaker the person that is partnered married to somebody that's going through pain there's a lot of stress for that too because not only do you have to pick up the ball more often and do some things that the other person would normally do but you also feel the the pain in a different way you know it, it just is is draining to know that someone you love is going through all that yeah and for them not to like take a doctor's head off from time to time is <laughs> very it, it's admirable I, i'll have to say i was very proud of the way brian handled a lot of the things in regards to that well so, thank you yes so we know that covid was definitely a stressor and all of the aspects around that for everyone. It changed everyone's jobs. It changed the way we work. It changed America. It changed the planet. And even still, you know, even though we've been out of, you know, isolation for almost close to a year now, it's still that feeling that we're just not as together as we were and that everyone's more isolated and there's just a lot of stress when you go to restaurants and a lot of things have just changed and we have to accept that but hopefully we're moving on from that and things are getting better absolutely so you know every the thing to remember about that in dealing with covid is that you're not alone this isn't something that we're dealing with it's not something that your city is dealing with it's something that the entire planet is dealing with so when it comes to that just realizing that you know time does take time and that it's going to be okay moving on what can make you more stressed out than your finances? And money is a huge stressor for everyone. It's not just us, but it can be a huge stressor, and especially if you feel like that you're not getting enough and, or if you're overemployed and you know, you're having to work two and three jobs just to be able to make what you, would, you, know, what you need to be able to survive. That's, that's crucial you know, 
to being able to feel fulfilled and having peace in your life. It, it's just um, financial woes can be crippling. So how do you find peace with all this, Paul, all this stress? What do you do to stay peaceful? What I do overall yeah. to feel better is the first thing I have to do is I need to acknowledge that there is a stressor going on here, right? So we, we need to take some time. Identifying stressor is always important. Absolutely. So just taking some time and not criticizing ourselves for having them, but just realizing it as if you were looking at a story with this person in it that's going through these things, that they are having this occur. So if it's you're just feeling stress over any one of these factors, it may not be just that factor. It may be something that is triggered from your childhood or earlier in your life that's resurfacing and running through your mind. And your mind is constantly fabricating stories too. Worst case scenarios, this stress is caused by your mind thinking, uh, I'm going to, you know, fall in this big hole. You know, uh, your mind is going to make it a bigger deal than it really is. It's it's the old fight or flight, you know, the old uh, survival mentality that we as human beings have that are that's deep in our psyche. And, you know, uh, I am very guilty of that. My mind constantly plays tricks on me and tells me things that could possibly happen that, and, and I eventually convince myself that that's what's going to happen. And that makes the stress worse. Instead of dealing with the stressors and identifying them and realizing that it's just emotions that are surfacing from a past experience, you know, when, when I do all that and I realize that it's something that I've already lived through, chances are I'm going to live through it this time too. So I should probably just ride, ride it through and, uh, get past it and I know that I'll be okay in the long run. That's right. And when things feel insurmountable like that, the best thing you can do, because when they're in your head, they're a lot bigger than they really are, is to get them out on paper. And if you can get them on paper in black and white, then you've got something tangible and you can actually start putting some some little keynotes beside it, ways to knock this down, ways to chip this away. And those are, you know, those are some ways that you can like look at this in a more rational way because when you're in your mind with it, it's it's just all-encompassing. When you get it on paper, it's not so big, and it's not something that is just you. And the other thing to realize, with most of the stressors that we've talked about today, most of them are really nothing personal. There's no, It's not really about me. It's just something that I'm walking through. Even when it came to my physical pain, it wasn't that it was – I wasn't being punished and being suffering with and, and having to suffer with all this pain. I was growing through this process and there was something that was happening that I was walking through and it was a temporary space and it, you know, it needed to resolve and it did. And I'm really grateful at least for today that, that I'm in that space. But I also want to say that there are things that can build and cause us mental anguish that we ourselves are unable to see an outcome to. And there is a time when I think therapy is very important. If you are at a place where you cannot find your way back to happiness and to peacefulness, and you've tried all these techniques, there may be a, a therapist that can help you, that can relate to you, that can give you advice, that can make you see things in the way that you need to see them in order to heal. Right, because sometimes 
sometimes it's difficult to separate if this is really just in my head or if this is really happening or if this is the way things are or is this about me or is it not if we can't separate those things it is good to get a second opinion and i cannot stress enough how much we can we need to lean on our resources as gay people there are gay centers a lot of those places have numbers for wellness people and for people who are therapists i know that the orlando um office especially after we had the shooting at pulse they have counselors that are on staff and if you call in you're in crisis they will help you get in to see a counselor as soon as possible so that they can assist you to get though i think they give you two or three sessions um and then after that they help set you up with someone if you still need more but but know that you're not alone in these stressing situations you know everybody has them and that opening up to someone is important you know whether it's a friend or a therapist you need to talk about things from time to time. Don't keep it bottled up. Sure, and it's important to remember that we don't come into this world with the full knowledge of how to resolve these things, and neither did our parents. So just because they didn't teach you how to fix it doesn't mean that they should have known how. And sometimes we just need someone that has training on what's the best way to get this stuff passed into the past and into a livable scenario so that you can grow through it and learn from it and not wind up repeating or wallowing in it for longer than necessary. So there is hope for sure. And, you know, relaxation techniques that we've talked about on the podcast, meditation and breathing are all important things that can help you uh, relieve stress as well. And as Paul said earlier, don't forget to check out our episode. I think it was episode 12, Stress Relief. Healthy Stress Relief. Healthy Stress Relief. And um, that's a good one to listen to for ways to uh, find uh, some relief from stress. Absolutely. We know that some of the things we talked about today weren't the happiest things to be discussing, but life sometimes can feel that way. And we just want you to know that if you're stuck in any of these modalities that we talked about, you're not alone and they can be resolved. And Life does not always have to feel treacherous. And we just want you to know that we're here. Thank you for listening to Gay Peace Journeys podcast. Now it's your turn to spread the peace. Please take a moment to share our link with anyone that might benefit from listening. Don't forget to like and follow us for more gay peace. We hope you'll continue your Gay Peace journey with plenty of free self-care content on GayPeace.com.